Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Aaron Larsoul. This is The Hook. Today's show is going to be a fun one. So we are going to start with uh, the returns from the All-Star voting yesterday. Some interesting storylines across the NBA and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, Aaron asked me, because he... I, Aaron, I think this is... I'm, I'm phrasing this right. Okay. You... One of the things you enjoy most about our working relationship is my infatuation slash obsession with the trade machine. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the the hilarity and tinfoil <laughs> hat theories that come along with it. Yes. I do. I actually really do love it. Some of them that make me go, oh, okay. Most of them make me giggle. A handful of them make me guffaw. <laughs> so but you lean into it I res- and I respect it. Yeah, I have no other, like, people always ask, like, you know, do you ever get tired of this bit? And I'm like, bit? Like, what? I'm, I'm acting? I'm not, you guys no, are giving you, me. No, this, it's authentic for you. You guys, you guys are giving me way too much credit if you think I'm some super villain who's, like, thought up some brand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like this. Feel bad for Jen. Uh, so we, <laughs> I have a handful of fake uh, <laughs> trades that we are going to be talking about uh, today. And uh, then to finish things up, to wrap things up, as time is a flat circle, we are going to hop back into the conversation about all-star vote returns. And today's story time is going to be a discussion about like how much NBA players actually care about a story like yesterday's. And when you just when you just uh, said, hey, give me an all-star game story and how much do, do guys care? It made me think of a story that's probably going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to tell it anyway about 2009. <laughs> I'll leave out some parts of it, but I have, so this will turn into story time. I, I, I something just it just popped up in my mind once you once you made the request. Hey, you know what? Anything that gets us in trouble. Which, and by the way, oh, speaking of time as a flat circle, Rudy Gay, uh, Rudy Gay, we were talking about Rudy, Rudy Gobert Gay off air. Rudy Gobert back in protocols. So we're back yeah. to uh, it's like a month to March 10th or March 11th. Time. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. 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 Here we are. Time is a flat circle. All right. Are we going to so, get celebrities like singing Imagine now <laughs> oh to, like on the timelines for a couple of weeks? Oh, don't worry, dude. The, uh, you know, to, to apparently celebrate January 6th yesterday, they had the cast of Hamilton sing a song that has nothing to do with that. It was weird. I, right. It was weird. I don't like it here. I don't like it. Where... <laughs> Outside of Austin, Texas, I don't like it there either. But you know, I I like I it like in Austin. my own my own little bubble here in in my house. I like it here. I step outside and immediately say, "This sucks." I mean, Hamilton. <laughs> to be fair, Hamilton is a like about insurrection. So yeah, I guess like kind of it works maybe. Except we were rooting for the insurrectionists there. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a um, long all right. time ago. So uh, let's let's dive into these all-star voting returns. And I think the top story here, right, is that LeBron is neither the first nor second highest vote getter. I think that was that was fascinating to me. He's playing well. He's missed some time, but yes. he's playing well. He's he playing is. well for the Lakers. He is. And yet is way behind Steph Curry. Steph has two point almost six million votes at this point. Uh he's like decently behind uh Kevin Durant. He is at uh KD is at like two point four million. LeBron is slightly behind Giannis, who's at two point one four million. And then LeBron is out here at two point 
018. So he's probably, at this point, they've all probably gotten a, a couple hundred thousand votes or something since then. But right. But still, those are, those early returns are are kind of striking, right? <laughs> like, that's kind of wild that that's Yeah, I mean, I are. think it, it's, it almost, well, okay. I think the NBA, you and I have talked about this on, on the show. The NBA is about stars. The NFL is kind of about teams um, in, in their promotion because we don't know what the guys look like. But the NBA is very specifically about its stars. There's a few quarterbacks who, who you know who they are in the NFL. But the NBA like very much markets its guys individually as opposed to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, I don't know, six, eight years, maybe the NBA has been about LeBron and Steph. Uh, ahead of everybody else nobody else really matters and that includes KD it includes Giannis it includes Embiid it includes Luca whoever um so I'm not surprised that Steph is leading yeah I am surprised at the gap between Steph and LeBron and I am surprised that that he is behind uh KD and Giannis it almost I don't think he's going to catch Steph I think I think LeBron will finish second in the voting um Mm -hmm. but because LeBron and Steph are in the same conference now, it's going to feel like, wait, why isn't LeBron one of the captains? Because unless he passes Steph, he's not going to be one of the captains. So I think that is kind of the the interesting part of it. But I am not, I'm not surprised about Steph. Steph is the people's champ. He has been for a long time. Um, and at this point, he has the narrative also. he's he, It's no longer the super team. Now it feels like, Steph is the underdog again and all of the reasons why even though he hasn't played well recently all of the reasons why he is the people's champ and you know everybody's dad and mom and grandparent and kid and whatever fell in love with Steph originally the kind of underdog nature of it he's not a physical marvel and he does something we all think we can do um he is been <laughs> which the is people's hilarious champ, so- because like anybody that you walk by on the street if you tell them to shoot a NBA three-pointer, what percentage, not even making it, but what percentage of them hits the rim? Uh, very few. Like An NBA three is deep. Is deep. And so <laughs> at games, at, at Laker games, you know, they do the thing uh, that, you know, they do the, I don't, I don't know who the sponsor is. I can't remember. So I'm sorry. But they do the half court shot, you know, they bring somebody out of the crowd, they do the half court shot, and then they do the three point shot from from the top of the arc. Some Vegas hotel, I think. Might I think it was in the past. I don't know who it is this year. Yeah. Anyway, you might be right. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably pay better attention to Lakers home games than I do in the moment. <laughs> I got to go back and I always have to. Well, you're watching on TV, too. Um, but there's, you know, my little group around me, I always say, okay, especially for people that haven't been there that often, I go, okay, this is going to be short. The half court shot is going to be short. And then mm-hmm. the three, and then they're like, oh, you're right. And then they walk up to the three point line. That's going to be short too. Yep. And nine times out of 10, it is. And it doesn't matter if it's a girl, a guy, 50 yeah. years old, 25 years old. They're just always short because an NBA three is deep. But yeah. also, like, also like the depth perception is tough there. Like I, I played, so back in high school, we played a tournament at the um, Anaheim Convention Center mm-hmm. and I am a, a pretty good shooter. Like that mm. is like the one thing that kept me. The jumper is better than the Euro step. <laughs> it's the not a jumper. It's, it's very much the Sam Perkins set shot. Like okay. it is Sleepy not. Sam? 
but uh but so like i was i, I consider myself a pretty good shooter and the first shot that I took there at the convention center where the depth perception is so different um, was just one of the worst shots I've ever shot. I think I hit the side. I went full Paul George. I hit the side of the backboard oh, from no. the baseline. Yeah. Oh, and no. it was like in practice and it was just like a warm up. And I was like, okay, this is very different. <laughs> so yeah, it that's is. Not building, the buildings are different. Yes. And by the way, that may be among other things like the no travel and stuff. There is a working theory around the NBA that, um, because yeah. the buildings were, were different and not mm -hmm. filled with fans and all of that, that, um, that was one of the reasons why the shooting was so good. Hashtag but, a Disney. Well, who said that? Who, who come on. Tennis Rob, is delicious. Get, Rob, get off the podcast. Jeez. I, you know, I don't think that is the <laughs> last time I'm going to say Hennessy is delicious on this week's show, but <laughs> Hennessy is delicious. Um, but like how many people in your life do you know that have? like shot a jump shot, right? Mm -hmm. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds, I'm sure. How Almost many people everybody I know, basically. How many people of those people in your life do you know that have dunked a basketball? Well, I grew up in a white area, so. Okay. It's going to, that's <laughs> going to cut my, down. <laughs> all my family that is kind of athletic, all my Mexican family is like 5'3". So. Okay. So it's basically, it's basically. Muggs and Bogues could dunk a volleyball. Yeah, I, he wasn't Mexican. Um, no, he was not. So, but he was 5'3". So, so he... Or is 5'3". So, so it's... Uh, I can actually count them on one hand. Um, wait, I'm counting you because <laughs> I know you. So you're one. Uh, my buddy Art, my buddy Mike, I have... Actually, it's higher. So Rusin, I got like a lot. Sure, like, I mean there are half of my basketball team. Like high there school are some team. people that you know, right? But like, yeah, but it's you're anybody talking... can be Steph Curry. Like nobody yeah. can be LeBron or Giannis and like or Embiid and win the genetic lottery, right? So people resonate with Steph for a lot of yeah. reasons. That's one of the reasons he's. And none of those fan. dunks were like elbow above the rim. All of no. them. Well, you don't I don't, even, I don't know. You don't, you don't. You don't know any Vince Carter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know. Hanging in. Okay. There was a, it, nobody even like could cock it back. It was just like, you know, sneak it over. You know. I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, it counts. They all count. But so I'm not surprised. I'm not yeah. surprised about Steph. I am surprised that LeBron is behind KD and Giannis, who obviously both are you know, fantastic players. In my opinion, those are the best four guys in the league. Um, but those guys do not resonate with the public, right? Like mm -hmm. your favorite, your dad's favorite or your mom's favorite or your, you know, 12 year old nephew's favorite or your little sister's favorite or whatever yeah. is most of, for most people, it's Steph, you know, for people yeah. that aren't like, don't follow the game as closely as you and I do. For some people that do follow the game as closely as you and I do, their favorite is Steph also. But um, so I'm not surprised about that, but it was kind of shocking to see him down and forth. And I think it's, I do think he'll get up to second LeBron. We're talking about, I do think we'll, he'll get up to second. Um, but it won't be, uh, but I think he will finish behind be Steph and mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be stark. It'll be like not shocking is too big of a word, but it will be surprising when TNT does the, you know, the, the show and, and LeBron is not one of the captains. Do you think he gets picked first overall? I think it depends who. Uh, so I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Steph and KD, which is also interesting because that that's interesting television. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it depends on which one of them has the first pick and what kind of politics slash trolling they're trying to do. 
<laughs> I can just imagine the tweet from LeBron if he doesn't go first. Like, what if, what if just what if what if Steph? What if what? If, well, no, he can't get picked last. I was gonna say, what if Steph and KD just like are texting each other just to fuck with LeBron, like picking like, him last in like the Gobert role or the or right. the Sabonis role? He's like, he would his They're colluding to pick like, him last. He can't because he'll be a starter. He'll get last pick as a king. Like, right. so, maybe, so maybe he's the last pick of the starters. That would be that would be funny actually. <laughs> Last pick king. Hashtag last pick king. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag last dude standing around before we play dodgeball. Hashtag why don't anybody want me? <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's gonna be posting posting out the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Will, Will Smith, and Will Smith. <laughs> Roman is Adley. <laughs> why don't you want me, man? Now I need this to happen. <laughs> Don't root for LeBron. I need this scenario. Hold on, and by the way, out. Lakers fans should root for that to happen because yeah. if that happens, it will not happen. But if that happens, like he is he is LeBron is one of those guys like Kobe, yeah. like Jordan that he'll light the Lee on fire. Yeah, he he'll he finds like slights, mm -hmm. perceived actual whatever. LeBron is a guy. That's why he does the hash. Nobody thinks he, other than you, I don't think anybody actually called him washed. Yeah. But he uses anything I heard he out there. he tattooed that on his back, like that tweet. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. It's with behind your, him. With your, with your avatar on it. Right exactly. after, it's right underneath the chosen one on the top of his back. <laughs> yeah, washed chosen one. Um, so, <laughs> but all right, so I do have some, so a couple actual thoughts here and, and I've gone over this with Harrison and then, you know, briefly kind of touched on it in yesterday's lowdown, but I wanted to run this by you. I, I think this Lakers team resonates incredibly poorly with the fan base. I, I don't think the fan base. Do you mean with Laker fans or like NBA fans, basketball fans? Or both, maybe both, but, okay. but like more more specifically, Lakers fans, right? Like I, I okay. don't think I don't think Lakers fans particularly like this Lakers team. It can turn around as guys get healthy, if they find their footing. This new you know super small identity does lead to some fun basketball, so maybe that helps turn around the season. But right now, like I, I when I saw the returns on this, because you know beyond LeBron, you have. Uh, so LeBron is is number one amongst Western Conference front court players. AD is number six. Melo is number eight. You have uh, with guards, Russ is all the way down at two hundred and ten thousand, uh, and you know that's it. Like there is no other Lakers representation here. And it used to be like the Lakers were good for one. Like Lakers fan base was good for like one funny name per season. Right. Like Caruso would show up on this on this list you know so and i think part i think part of it as it relates to that and maybe how you're saying the, that it, the team doesn't res like is not resonating with laker fans i mean one part of that is the lakers have just been kind of mm, bad eh, mm -hmm. yeah so far um i think mellow has resonated with with laker mm -hmm. fans but i think part of it is that inherent in having two and especially three I was going to say superstars, but let's just say max level player, max level contracts mm -hmm. inherent in that is roster turnover. So mm -hmm. I don't think that the Lakers fan base has had a chance to like, I mean, other than Austin Reeves, like adopt one of its own or 
like have enough time to fall in love with these guys and their stories and whatever because what is it like 11 11 guys at least at the the start of the year 11 of the guys on the roster were in their first year at least this we're not on the Lakers last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um you know Dwight had been before and and Rondo had been before. Um and they weren't but, players that were at, like necessarily on Lakers fans radars, right? Like no like Lakers fans. I think Monk is a popular player with he's, he's getting, yeah, now. Yeah. Um but like nobody no like casual Lakers fans were sitting there saying like man, if only we could get Malik Monk next year. Yeah, know? apparently apparently LeBron had was talking about it last year, but um <laughs> LeBron's LeBron is legitimately hilarious with this stuff where he says like he scouted Austin Reeves and that he loved his college stuff and now he's yeah, wait, he was he, he he was watching uh, THT as a sophomore, right, or a, fre- a freshman? <laughs> Maybe in high school he knew TH. Well, look, I think that <laughs> I think that you can the, say Hennessy is delicious. Like you, <laughs> the Lakers fan base. The Lakers fans are yeah. some of the best fans in the world. Yeah, um, some of the best fans in the NBA. Certainly loudest too. Like, but but Lakers fans base. are used to winning. Yeah, and Lakers fans want to win and. Lakers fans, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lakers, Lakers fans are not into the cute stories. Um, and like, let's see down the line if this team can grow into something. I, I mean, like there was a little bit with, with with Lonzo and Bi and Randall and that. Group. But even that, but, like, they, like that was not Lakers a fans aren't into experience. it. They're yeah. just and so, Lakers fans get shit on Twitter about the Lakers exceptionalism, right? Like mm-hmm. Lakers fans expect to win always. Yeah. Um, and so for teams that like Lakers fans are not trying to do the little engine that could like that. Yeah, that doesn't work, especially when especially when the big acquisition is Russell Westbrook, you know, like they have three max contracts. Now, you know, if you actually looked into it and you looked at the player that Russ has been the last couple of years and then you thought about fit and stuff like that, then, you know, you and I had questions about how that would play out. But most Lakers fans, I would imagine, were just saying, oh, let's go. This is a championship team, you know, and, and and I think once you set those expectations and then the process that follows is one of over the course of the season, building an identity and figuring all these things out and at sometimes stumbling and losing on national TV a couple times in, in, in embarrassing fashion, losing to teams that you should probably have beaten, giving up late leads and stuff like that's and, and while, by the way, Russ is. Uh, I don't think I don't think he's played up to Lakers fans' expectations of them, in part because I think those expectations were unfair heading in and unrealistic heading in. But still, regardless, I don't think Lakers fans have loved the Russell Westbrook experience, not in the same way that they have loved Carmelo Anthony. But again, that that has a lot to do with those expectations. No Lakers right. fan had a, like super high expectations for Melo. And Melo yeah, has literally not literally. Uh, literally, you don't know what literally means. Yeah. but Melo has put quote unquote uh put the quotes up literally not missed a shot at staples center right he hasn't made anything on the road but he hasn't missed at home so that helps mellow was a thing yeah yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm sure we're gonna like shout out golden knight and can't (laughs) can't beat la i'm sure we're getting some mellow staples set well mellow crypto uh content some shirts and hoodies and stuff coming up but yeah i think people have really enjoyed mellow um, Ariza is pretty popular. Russ is popular too. Some of that is kind of one of ours, right? You know, the guys coming back and playing at home in LA. Um, I think that LA guys, you know, in, in the pursuit of Kawhi in the pursuit of Paul George, 
that matters, I think, to to Lakers fans too. Uh, guys that they have seen at, at SC or UCLA or guys that are from LA, I think that matters to Lakers fans also. But I think the main part of it is, one, the Lakers have just kind of been eh so far. Mm-hmm. And inherent in having three max guys is you're going to have guys, the roster is going to turn over all the time because you're going to have basically only minimum guys and exception guys. And those minimum guys, if they aren't any good, you don't want them next year. And if they are any good, there's no mechanism to to pay them. Mm-hmm. So you're, there's going to be roster turnover. And that kind of makes it more difficult to, you know, fall in love with individual guys. You don't have the like, you often don't have the, uh, the like time with them, you know, like Caruso, the, the whole story of it, or, or, uh, or like Kuz, you know, the, he's one, all right, we've, we found unearthed him and he's, he's yeah. useful. That if kind of thing. THT just, was any good this year. Like that would be the, the big heartwarming story. If THT played like pre COVID THT for a long stretch of the season, then mm-hmm. yes, I think that would, yeah. that would start to do it too. But yeah. I, I, th- I think your, your, your premise that Laker fans have not fallen in love with this team. I think that, I think it is fair. Yeah. I, like it was the kind of thing that I saw the results and it's always going to be kind of wow to see like Lakers superstars not be at the top of those lists was was certainly interesting right off the bat. And then the more you, th- you think about it, though, you're like, well, yeah, that kind of it's not really surprising. So it was like, I mean, I was, think AD, was, had AD not been injured, I think AD would would have been up there. Maybe I don't. I don't think AD has been great this year, but I think yeah. that AD would have been up there had he had yeah. he not been injured. Maybe I, I don't I don't know that Lakers fans like just I look Twitter isn't real life or whatever, and, and our mentions aren't you know are, aren't even smaller. God, I hope. Uh, oh God, I hope. That. I hope. I hope my mentions are not real life, and mine are nowhere near a dumpster tire fire like yours are. Yeah, I I don't. Uh, Based on that small sample size and completely anecdotal evidence, uh, I don't think Lakers fans have particularly enjoyed the AD experience this year either, you know, and even while he was healthy. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where we find ourselves. And, you know, we'll come back to this here in a bit, like when it when it comes to how players respond to this kind of information. I'm I'm kind of interested. I mean, I, I don't want to paint all players with a broad brush or whatever, but I I, I would imagine like you know, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis are sitting there. Even LeBron is sitting there like, what the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um, all right, let's move on to some 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 fun stuff, some uh, ridiculousness. Okay. And Aaron, you asked me to put together some fake trade ideas. You're quoting my man, Cedric the Entertainer, I am a cheerleader for foolishness, so let's get it. <laughs> That is, that is, you know, you're the right co-host. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you signed on to the right show. Yeah, let's get uh, it. So, so all of these trades, basically, I'm not getting into the minutia of making sure the, the, the contracts work penny for penny, draft compensation, whatever. Just what we're talking about here is the foundation of a trade that I think should happen this year. Are you ready? Okay. I'm well, ready. Until the last one. I don't think the last one should happen this year, but it's a fun one that I think people are going to think stuff about. All right. Okay. The first one that I have on the docket here, Boston Celtics are a mess. 
Portland the Trailblazers. Boston Celtics are an absolute mess. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers, also a mess. Oof. And I don't think this fixes either teams, all of their problems. Okay. My, in, in Boston's case, might create another problem or two, but you know what? <laughs> which, which you're in for, and I am too. <laughs> uh, CJ McCollum for Jalen Brown. Um, why on earth would Boston do that? Uh, I don't think we're very far off from Jalen requesting a trade. Um, I don't, I don't know that you're wrong about that specifically, but, um, I, if I'm Boston, Mm -hmm. I would like to think I can do significantly better if I'm trading Jalen Brown than CJ McCollum, who's a fine player. CJ's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, the problem with, or not the problem, a problem with a the problem. Celtics is that um, Jalen and Tatum both kind of need the ball. Tatum's a little bit better of a playmaker slash passer than Jalen, but mm-hmm. it kind of seems like they're standing around. CJ is obviously best with the ball also. Um, and I, but if I'm the, if I'm the Celtics, I just don't know why I am trading for a i mean other than the the fit just maybe you give up on the fit of tatum and 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 jalen but you have two big wings in their prime and if we learned anything from your twitter rants yesterday (laughs) big wings (laughs) seem to be uh and you're right about this big wings seem to be what what everybody's looking for and and what dominates the nba i don't think i would trade uh a wing wing for for an older smaller Mm -hmm less good guy now if portland's gonna throw in some stuff yeah. like cj cj's a good player but um that trade as as you put it there and you said it's just the framework of, of something we yeah. can talk about that framework to me is a home run for portland so here's my thinking for boston because yeah like the first thing that jumps out is like why the hell would boston ever even think about doing this again you're getting more beyond cj so you're probably you're getting some you know whatever draft compensation portland can offer you probably attach, you could, you know, the, the money here becomes kind of complicated because Brown makes less than CJ. But if you can, if maybe Boston can move off of a bad contract and get back a more, you know, win now player on top of CJ, just whatever, whatever the, Interestingly the, the, the enough, thing is. Portland's like, Portland has a lot of decisions coming up because uh, yeah. Nurkic is a free agent. Covington is a free agent. I'm not sure. Covington's not even playing. I mean, he's starting, but he's not playing a lot and he's not playing well. Um, Yeah. Covington is basically doing nothing and they gave up two firsts to get him and they gave up a first to get Larry Nance, who's not Mm -hmm. doing a whole lot either. Um, So they don't have a lot of uh, draft capital to throw in. Yeah. But Nurkic is going to be a free agent um, and, and Covington's a free agent. And then they have the Dame extension stuff coming up. And I don't know if, the problem is you're not this core we clearly know is not doing anything for the Blazers. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. And they've been somewhere between mediocre and not very good for a few years. Um, they lucked into look, it counts. They went to a Western Conference Finals. It counts. But I don't know like, do you really want to pay Covington and Nurkic's next contract? Not really. Mm-mm. But if they don't, if they Portland. have no mechanism to the- do anything else. Like if the Lakers could trade for Covington, I'd be I'd be in. 
on trading for Covington. But anyway, but like I would the, guess I would guess Robert Covington is available. How about that? Yeah, I I I would say though that like so with Brown and Tatum, they kind of rem- remind me of two like siblings, like brothers, right? Where you have where there's that sibling rivalry there, and once both like get away from each other they both kind of recognize how cool it was like living with each other and growing together and all these <laughs> right, things right but but they but i i do think like this relationship where you know tatum has been anointed this you know the 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 alpha and and brown has been kind of demoted to you're the the, the little things guy in this equation right who is who is I think the only dude in the Eastern Conference with two 45 point games. Yeah, but go ahead. Right. No, but I, but I'm just saying like that's like that's the roles that I think they've been kind of molded. No, I into. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I and I think if I'm Brown, I'm saying like I'm better than that. Clearly, as evidenced by the scoring. I mean, he is. He is better. Than yeah. That. He is and, better than that. And so I think, you know, that's why I'm saying I. It wouldn't surprise me if we get to a point where Brown is saying, yeah, I don't I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so what <laughs> you know? about something? I don't know if there's something like this works either, but what about something? Uh, you know what? I, I should be quiet. <laughs> I should let you <laughs> come with the trades. But I will say this: I, I uh, because they're they're friends from St. Louis. I know that I know that Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are yeah. um, are, are quite fond of one another. So, Probably, like you get the same kind of issues there as you get with CJ. I think. Like Beal, I agree. Beal is just bigger. So Beal is just Beal is not only bigger; he's also and better. Better. Yeah, yeah. He's also um, better, and he's and he's younger, right? He fits more in the timeline. We like yeah. CJ is older than you think. Yeah. No, I know, I know. Uh, not I, you, I also not you specifically. But <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I know the royal you or the royal we or whatever. <laughs> Shout out uh, look, look the 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 trade that makes the most sense for everybody if we're talking about trading Jalen Brown is Simmons for Brown. Like that's the trade that should happen. It's the it's the deal that makes the most sense for everybody. Philly gets better, Boston gets better, Simmons does all the little things that they want Jalen to do, doesn't care, obviously, about scoring. You know, that's the that's the trade that should happen here. It's just sometimes you stumble into these trades that make too much sense, and both sides are just stuck at gunpoint with each other, saying, like, no, you flinch, no, you flinch, no, right. you include an extra you first. Throw the, no, right. You throw yeah. in the first, you throw in the first. Yeah. Right, and, and what they both need to just kind of admit to each other and to themselves is like, no, yeah, this is, this is the thing that makes the most sense for us. So one, I I mean, I don't disagree with you. I will, I would say that I think something is probably not with necessarily with, with Tatum or Brown, but something needs to happen in in Boston because they're not particularly good. They've basically been a 500 team. Now It, it feels like small sample size, yeah, but they've basically been a 500 team for a good minute now. Um, yeah. going back to last year, Every like, other day, I, I see some new headline of Ime Udoka basically hating his team. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that was the other thing I was going to say is that it also from the outside, right? I'm not I'm not there, so I don't know. But from the outside, it also looks like they don't like like each other very much. Yeah. Um, well, they've been together have, too long, I think. They've been yeah, together but you have too like Horford, you know, yeah. kind of like taking little like little pot shots at at the rest of the guys and in, in, in quotes like, well, you know, we need to play for each other and move the ball more and certain guys need to pass and, and Jalen being asked about that and him kind of just like 
saying leave me the fuck alone about it. <laughs> so it seems like they don't really like each other. But for yeah. any, it's it's difficult for Boston and Philly to to trade, um, because they are pretty significant rivals and are going to be competing for the same playoff spots and, yep. and in playoff series. So that is one other hurdle. It's not like it's not impossible to do, but that is like, you're not going to see a lot of Boston and New York or Philly and Boston or Philly and New York uh, trades, you know, like division rivals, conference rivals. It, it adds one more layer of difficulty. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, it makes too much sense to actually happen. I don't think it's actually going to happen <laughs> is, is the problem there. What's the next one? What else you got? All right. So the next one that I have here, hey, hold on. What are you drinking by the way? I went with a margarita. We were kind of laughing before we went on the air. It was like, man, I can't figure out what I want to drink. And you were having the same issues. So. I was. I did. I, yeah, I went with the uh, this Encoro Blanco to prepare myself. Is it myself. any good? Like, is it, is it? Yeah, it's actually very good. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm drinking. I mean, that's one you could mix with something. I'm drinking it. Well, I have it mixed with ice, but. <laughs> well, you don't uh, mix with anything. So that's your. I don't. Yeah, no, I do not. So I, I, I figured it was probably wise to go with Encoro to prepare myself for lakers hawks this evening yeah one of these days we'll just put together a quick video of how we make our cocktails like it won't all right even, i like it we'll, hashtag go content up on, yeah silver screen rolls twitter feeder or not twitter but a youtube page or something like i like that. it all right you know what i should do i, I should i you know what i will do i'll i'll do um i will cooking do cooking uh, recipes please i can do that too but i was i was thinking i will do like a quick video of i'm terrible at social media but mm -hmm. i will do uh I will film a bunch of video of like, come with me to a Lakers game. And That'd be fun. Send it to somebody who knows how to do things better than me to actually like cut it up and make it Mia. into something. Mia, if you're listening. Um, all right, the next one is, uh, look, we were just talking about Simmons. I threw him in there at the very end uh, because it's the one that makes the most sense but won't happen. But if OKC could, you know, figure out the contract situation, it's tough because Shea... Uh, was just extended, so you're averaging yeah. what he made last year yeah. with the uh, money that he'll be making on the extension. So the the money there gets kind of complicated. Uh, we know that OKC has a draft compensation, but if you're offering up Shea, uh, then I don't know how much more draft compensation you're going to get out of OKC. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not OKC getting the extra compensation? Are maybe. we sure? Or would you rather yeah. have Simmons or Shea? Simmons, I. Mean wings, you know. Yeah. Mean, okay. mean wings. Uh, okay. but but I, I, it's close. Like it's it's uh, you know, I, it's one of those things. It's one of those situations where I don't care if I'm picking second, right? Like, <laughs> like if I'm picking second there and I get the 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 snake draft pick and I get to pick the first player next time, yeah. I'm all right with that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Shea for Simmons, I think, is the framework of a deal. Uh, and the 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 good thing here for OKC is. You don't care if Simmons doesn't play this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> you probably prefer. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think for um, for Philly, they get a, an elite ball handler who you can pair with Embiid and take advantage of some of the spacing that Embiid creates with how great he is offensively. Um, a long, switchy point guard defender, you know, and and I think the, the Shea and Seth, one two punch like i don't know how you guard those two like yeah, I, you know yeah, the space yeah. seth is offering insane space and shay is carving you up using that space and uh you know i think there are some defensive questions still 
that remain. It would be. But <laughs> you're leaving uh, a lot on MB to clean everything up. Yeah, but I, I still think you, you you know if you can keep Matisse, uh, Thibel, Thibel, and yeah. and and uh, if Danny Green just decides to no longer be washed this year, I think <laughs> if Danny just... Green is ambulatory. <laughs> but what do you r- think? It's been rough since he hurt his hip with uh, yeah. the championship year with with the Lakers. It's been yeah. rough for Danny since what, then. What do you think of the framework of the deal, the foundation of the deal? I, I love it for Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Simmons might be better than Shea. I think it's pretty close. I just, I, I think it is the reason I don't love it for OKC is because, um, I don't know if Simmons gets in the way of Josh Giddy and his development, but kind of more, more specifically, I think that Simmons, who he again, he might be better than than uh than Shea, but. I think he is more difficult to build around. And for mm-hmm. for OKC, who has, you know, been pretty bad for a while and is quite clearly, you know, trying to let's not say tanking. They are trying to be not we so good tank- so they can I acquire can say I will so they say can tanking. Right. They are looking towards the future and they are trying to <laughs> obviously have have this war chest of 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 draft capital. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I think they have like well, 17 or 18 first round picks over the next seven years. Um, that's kind of why I think OKC really likes this deal. Um, but I think it is, it is, it is. I think Shea and Simmons are probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. I think it is more, even though Simmons, I think is probably a better player than Shea. I think it is, he is more difficult to build around you, you, you have to make some specific choices. Yeah. Um, right. Like you can't really have like a, you, you kind of whoever is going to play center. If it's not going to be Simmons, it's going to kind of have to be a guy that can, can work on the perimeter yeah. and lead, at least offensively. Um, so I think there, there are some like roster building challenges that come along with, with Ben Simmons. So I think that's why OKC might be hesitant. Here's, um, here's, but they have a bunch of bites at the apple to find guys that can work with him. Well, I, I think I don't even think OKC would be making the trade specifically to build around or even build with potentially Ben Simmons. I think it. So Philly right now, the problem that Philly has, the inherent problem in the situation in Philly is that Simmons doesn't want to play to prove to people that he can. Whereas if he goes to OKC, he is now open to playing for OKC. He gets out there onto the court and he again reminds everybody, I am arguably like top three defensive players in the NBA, right? Yeah. Uh it's it's like in the NBA him, Draymond, and Gobert. Yeah. And, and then and like A D yeah, is like yeah. in that like three A. Thibault's right there too. Yeah. But so I, I think so if you're if you're OKC, you turn a contract that they have admitted basically via leak that they don't know that he matches up with their timeline, which shouts to, to Sam Presti for this grift, man. Like this is incredible. <laughs> like I mean, 20, look. I get 20, I get 20, what 22, 23 year old point guard doesn't match up with your timeline. Then you don't have a, a decent timeline. Like my guy, like, I what mean, are you doing? <laughs> hey, look. You draft, uh, 
<laughs> you draft uh, Harden and Westbrook and Durant three years in a row. Like you kind of fine. That's yeah, fine. I mean, you but, kinda, but I, I'm just I'm just saying like and, the messaging and, and, and on Ibaka, that is, like you kind of eh, that that you, the you message, get to no, do whatever he, you want in perpetuity after that. That is one of the best runs in drafting that anybody no, has is, ever had. Is well, like you know, you draft hall. You draft hall of famers in three straight yeah. years. That's like, wild. That's yeah. It, that is the best. It'd be crazy if two of those, like if Harden and Russ go on. And no, the Harden trade was a disaster. Yeah. But so, but like, so the, the reason I'm saying this though, is that like, so let's say Presti still doesn't believe in the timeline that Shea is on. Well, then that means Simmons probably doesn't fall in that timeline either. But if you can showcase him, he gets out there and he shows everybody. Yeah. I am as good as Philly thought I was. Um, and he can get the kind of trade package now that Simmons has actually gone out there and played that Maury has been trying to get for Simmons, then that fits, I would imagine, closer to your timeline. And by the way, if you are worried about that timeline, then you don't have to worry about winning right now in a way that Maury does. Right. So I, I think like if you if you trade for Simmons, it allows you to be flexible. If he works out, if he wants to stay there, great. If not, then you've showed everybody again that yeah this guy can get out there he can play and he can help teams win and i think that would be my goal if i was okc yeah i mean i think that's i think that's fair i think it's interesting again you've said this is like the framework of something um and there's like little nuance to work out i think it would be interesting i think both teams would think they should get draft (laughs) compensation tells me it's Uh, an even trade yeah um (laughs) but then the other question like at some point I mentioned earlier, I think I think OKC has 17 or 18 first round picks over the next uh, seven years. At some point, you have to use them, right? We always make fun of Boston for their war chest of assets that like never materialized, right? They had everything that could be used to trade for whatever they want, and they never really pulled the trigger on anything. Mm -hmm. So I think it will be interesting to see over the next couple, this trade deadline, next trade line, like at some point, OKC, OKC is not going to draft 18 guys in the first round over the next seven years. You mm-hmm. just you can't. So what are they going to do to consolidate that? Is that going to be, you know, they're going to use multiple first round picks to move up into the first round, you know, two for one kind of things? Is it going to be they're going to be able to use Shea and a pick or two picks to actually, you know, get somebody in trade that they want? Um but they are going to have to consolidate some of that. They have a ton of second round picks also. So they're going to have to consolidate. You can't roster all these guys. So yeah. they're going to have to consolidate some of those assets. The interesting question is, does that happen at this trade deadline? Does that happen uh, at this draft, next trade deadline, next draft? Um, but like at some point, you have to actually try to start winning games mm-hmm. because like, there's a, like, sh- fans, <laughs> there's a lot of goodwill with the fans, but there's a lot of goodwill with the fans there because they were really good for a long time. But like at some point, we got to pull the trigger on some of this stuff. Shout out Danny Ainge. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he was now Danny Ainge, man. This guy just completely bungles the war chest that he has in Boston and then takes off right before things really hit the fan and gets a promotion in Utah. Like, again, man, that is a hell of a grift. Shout out Danny Ainge. It's nice to be white. All right, so... um, 
<laughs> is it? Is it? It seems like it. Are you asking? <laughs> it seems like it. I don't know. Um, all right. Seems like good work if you can find it. Um, all right. The next one here uh, has to, well, the next two here have to do with the Lakers. Okay. One of them is, uh, you know, more serious than the other. Both of them are like, I'm more just going to say right now, me. Hennessy is delicious. All right. And what do what you got? You got 10 minutes for me or something? You just <laughs> <laughs> So for the Lakers, they need a wing. They need a better, like Stanley Johnson looked great, not because he's some great NBA player, but because he is literally something that the Lakers have not had this year. Uh, and that is an athletic, strong, big presence at the wing. And uh, I think the Lakers, if, if they really want to mess around and, and win a championship this year, they need to upgrade on their wing and have somebody who is Stanley Johnson but can shoot, right? Um, so, in this case, I'm calling up Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And this is one that's kind of tough because I don't know why Atlanta does this, but I don't even care. I care. I root for the Lakers and Atlanta, best of luck. <laughs> um, I'm saying Cam Reddish and Danilo Gallinari for Tim Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and that 2027 first round pick. Um, <laughs> Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> Look, so, I will say this. I will say this not specifically about the Lakers, but an interesting thing in Gallinari uh, is he makes a good amount of money, but he only has $5 million guaranteed for, for next year. Mm -hmm. So that will be it's he's not an expiring contract but he's expiring ish mm -hmm. and so i think that will be interesting for a lot of teams because as you as you mentioned cam reddish doesn't make a ton of money uh, yeah, he's, he's still, still, on his, his still on his rookie deal so mm -hmm. and and atlanta has some some a financial crunch coming right they they have the trey extension uh they have the john collins extension um so they have and they just have like and Bogdanovich, they just and herders extension coming up. They have like they're going they're going to have to and hunters coming up. They're yeah. gonna have to well they um, and I they play Capella got a nice deal, so they can't they, Atlanta is not going to be able to keep all of these guys. Yeah. Well and, and Travis Slink, I think, came out and said bringing everybody back was a mistake, which was a wild quote. I you never hear. Yeah, and they've also been real bad this year. That kind of uh, they've been real, real bad. Clarity, but but yeah, I think I so you know for for Atlanta, you have a young uh, player in THT, and I I think the fit with Trey is somewhat clunky. Although you know Trey's a, a really small, obviously offensively inclined point guard. And if Talon Horton Tucker does unlock his wingspan and his physical tools, then a defensive-minded shooting guard who can attack as a secondary creator, I think there's the workings there of, of a decent backcourt. And it's unlocked again by, by uh, Trey's shooting ability. I think for... And then also, like, as I said with the other two, I think that more work needs to be done financially to make this actually work. The Lakers would have to include a couple minimum contracts that would eventually get waived anyway, blah, 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 blah. But I, I think, you know, and I, if you're looking to get anything out of Danilo Gallinari, I don't think you're going to, but look, if you can get anything from him this year, putting him in between LeBron and Anthony Davis as like your, 
your four or like a, a third string five, I think is an interesting concept. Uh, and, and then you get that wing, you get a wing in Reddish who is again, young and might not necessarily fit with this timeline, but I think he fits better at that position than Taylor Horton Tucker. Tucker well, does. I think something interesting about the Lakers, um, kind of committing, seemingly committing, not seemingly committing to actually committing to the small ball and playing LeBron at the five. And we'll see what it looks like when Anthony Davis comes back. But I think we're going to see a lot of Anthony Davis at the five. Yeah. Um, I, I think the Lakers There's have almost no case right now to be playing him at the four. Like given what we've learned about this season, you're muted. But... I think the Lakers have, I think the Lakers have, uh, I was I was trying to uh, clear my throat there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want everybody to have to listen to that, and I, <laughs> I'm fumbling around with buttons. Um, I think that the one of the things that has happened with the Lakers committing to playing small is that the age of the Lakers has decreased significantly. At least mm-hmm. as at least as it relates to who's on on the floor. Absolutely, so mm-hmm. this team isn't as old as we thought it was because. Yeah once playing small, you're getting more of Malik Monk, you're getting more of THT, you're getting more of Austin Reeves, right? So the, this team isn't really old anymore. Um, You know, like LeBron's old and Melo's old, but other than that, it's not a lot of old guys, you know, Mm -hmm. wandering on the court. So in that case, I think I'm not going to mention any names specifically, but this trade you're talking about, like, maybe it does fit into the timeline better yeah. because it's if the Lakers are going to play small, it's not an old team anymore. Yeah, it's more positional fit. Like for me, it's just, you know, Tim Horton Tucker for, I, I, I'm, I've always been lower on him than I think most people. Um, but I think for what the Lakers need, their third best player needed to be a wing. Like their third best player needed to be somebody who is a three and D wing. And maybe they thought that that's what Taylor Horton Tucker could be. And maybe eventually that's what he becomes. But right now that is not the player that he is. That's not the way that he plays. He, he doesn't like possessions where he doesn't dribble the ball at least two or three times. Like that's not, that's not the way that he likes to play basketball. And that is not the kind of player who fits with what the Lakers need out of whoever is next to the big three. I guess fourth best player. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you have, yes. I mean, you're right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. yes, yes is the answer to that, right? Like, right. if LeBron and, and Russ are out there, or even if one of them is out there, but especially when both of them are out there, there are not a lot of possessions to be used up dribbling the basketball. Yeah. All right, last one here. I'm just going to throw it out there, and we're going to move on immediately. Fair, okay. Oh, wait a second now, Okay. Now I'm, I'm gonna, now I'm nervous. I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. Mm-hmm. We'll maybe pause for a second to let people think about it, and we're gonna mm-hmm. jump right into story time. Are you ready? I am ready, but I think I'm nervous. Should, I, I think we should have we should have I, I should like remute myself, and I should have had the time where I was clearing my throat. We uh, Hennessy no, is delicious, and honestly, now I'm muted. Hennessy is delicious, and I'm muting myself. <laughs> I think the best version of this is you just like coughing in the background after I offer because this is gonna yeah. make. Right. This is going to piss people off. All right. You... Uh, <laughs> that is one of your specialties. Mm-hmm. Well, as evidenced by yesterday. All right. So... Listen to this. <laughs> I am taking a drink. So if I cough, it has nothing to do with whatever <laughs> Anthony says. It is because whatever I am drinking is is going down the wrong pipe. Mm-hmm. 
So Philly is sending Seth Curry, Matisse Thybul to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn. Oh, my bad. I should have started Philly sending Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis is going back to Philly. All right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. All right. <laughs> Surely nobody has any thoughts on that trade. None whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Kendrick Nunn? None whatsoever. Kendrick Nunn, he is, he yeah. is a guy that exists. The, the irony there and he is should that... Be back, he should be back you know, a week and a half or so. The irony there is that Ben Simmons, people have been begging him to shoot three-pointers, and Anthony Davis, people are begging him not to shoot three-pointers. <laughs> I'm muted. I don't know. I don't, I'm muted. I don't know. All right, let's move on to story time. Uh, to wrap this thing up, send y'all into uh, the first, I guess, full weekend of 2022. Hey, did you have a good New Year? Like, did you... I did actually. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I went to the Lakers game and yeah. 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 And then, um, uh, (laughs) yes, yes, I did. Hennessy's Hennessy's delicious. delicious. I did. I went to the Lakers game. I did in fact. Yeah. (laughs) So I did too. It was a nice quiet, you You know, did too go to the Lakers game or have a nice New Year's Yeah, I did. I did. You didn't see me there. I did not. I shot the half court shot. No, that, that was okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No wonder it was short. Um, (laughs) Could have like, you have those those Giannis legs. You could have euro stepped all the way from <laughs> from half court. I could have I could have euro stepped from half court to the end of the logo. Um, <laughs> but I, I that's on my bucket list. I'm just going to come out there and say it. On my bucket list is shooting that half court shot in a Lakers game. Okay, I want that's like I, actually on your bucket list. It is. It's actually on my bucket list. Well, Before I kick the, the first, bucket. why is this on first? I'm hearing of this then. Is that, wait, hold on. Is that where bucket list comes from? Yeah. Before you kick the bucket. Before you kick the bucket. Okay. You have this list of things. Look at that. I just learned something. (laughs) All right. I mean, Um, you know, you're welcome to come with me to a game. Whatever. (laughs) We can probably get you shooting the half court shot if you really want to do that. I'm just nervous. Like the first time any of these people that I talk about see me, how that goes down. Somebody throws a punch. It might be Kurt Rambis. So, and see, <laughs> you are no longer invited to come with me. <laughs> All right, so can you wear like the the Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity disguise, like a fake mustache or something? I'll just lose this is a my bunch fr- of weight. This is Nobody my friend Fred. Me. Nobody knows you around there. This, <laughs> yeah, is, my, right. this is my boy Fred. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> why is he? Why does he have glasses and a mustache? Don't worry. Aren't about you it. that He's... asshole who just traded Anthony Davis? Um. All right, so. This story time, I'm always kind of like the way that NBA players kind of approach the life of being an NBA player is always so fascinating to me. You know, seeing your name in trade rumors, having to move across the country because you're traded, the process of free agency, your name just constantly in headlines and stuff. Like I had a tweet to piss off people and it's still like I I had to mute it. That's the first tweet I've ever muted, by the way, which is kind of crazy. But yesterday's. Yeah. And, and like the, like just that is enough, um, attention for me. I, I don't, this is not, this is not fun. And yet this is something that like NBA players just deal with. This is what they, you know, they trend after games, all yep. these things. And, um, you know, with the news of the all-star vote returns coming out, I'm just kind of curious, like if you have any stories about, you know, that 
how NBA players deal with that. How you think NBA players, like, how do you think some of those guys reacted to yesterday's news? So I think it's largely, I mean, it's, it's twofold, right? Like NBA players care. Okay. Let me start over. NBA players know what is being said about them. Mm -hmm. Always. They're all going to tell you they don't read stuff. They don't hear stuff. More reason why I should not go to Lakers games. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) They are lying. Um, Almost all of them are looking. They're humans, right? Almost all of them are looking, reading, listening themselves. But if not, they certainly have someone around them that is doing all of that and and telling them. Um, So I think they do care. Kind of like you know, for, for, uh, NBA 2k or for Madden, you know, what everybody's ratings are, um, they care. The guys care what is thought of them. Again, they're human beings, but I think it's kind of interesting because like they all want to be voted, right? They all want to be voted all-stars. They all want to be named all-stars, but a lot of them probably don't want to play. Uh, they don't want to go. They don't want to have to go. They don't want to have to play. They'd rather just especially with times as they are now, I think a lot of the guys would rather just sit it out. Yeah. But they want to be acknowledged as those guys. We saw LeBron's reaction last year when they thought they were going to get announced as all-stars and not have to play and then got the all-star weekend sprung on him. He was pissed. He was livid about it. Yeah. I mean, for, for for legacy kind of stuff, like it matters, right? Are you a, five-time all-star or an eight-time all-star or whatever you know when we go back for hall of fame voting and for the ridiculous discussions we all have about legacy on twitter those kind of things matter um so guys really do care and some will be frustrated by it i think it i think it matters more to the younger guys that haven't been named yet have never been an all-star or the guys that are you know, farther along in their career and are known as like Mike Conley until last year, you know, he's like the mm-hmm. best player in the NBA. That's never been an all-star. Right. Yep. So I think it matters a lot for those guys for, you know, LeBron and Steph and Giannis and whatever, those guys that know they're going to be all-stars. I don't think it matters as much except for in the case, like LeBron, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, will be able to use that as motivation. But again, I think it matters to guys more to be named as an all-star or seen as an all-star than to actually play. Um, I think it matters a lot to Draymond because this like notion that he has fallen off and is not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it has been important to him to say, wait a second now, look, I'm still that dude. Yeah. So I think he wants to be, I think it's very important for him. I think he absolutely wants to go play in the game and, and show them, show the world that I'm that dude still. Um, but I think generally guys care more conceptually than actually. I <clears throat> And they really care see, about their peer voting. They really care about that. They absolutely care about. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I, I also like this, this fan vote, though. Like it is a number that indicates that somebody is more popular than you. Absolutely. You know? And that is always going to ruffle feathers one way or the other. And... You know, for somebody like LeBron who has, I mean, he's deemed himself King James. Like, that's the, like, King James, King LeBron is not currently in the top three most popular players in the NBA by this metric. Uh, You know, that's got to be weird to him. That's got to be such a, like, waking up and seeing that, that's got to be so weird to him. And 
Um, and again, these guys, these, these people are human beings now to what degree they care about it. And, and, you know, the fact that we didn't get some like tweet yesterday from LeBron about it, uh, is, is kind of a bummer. I was hoping that we would get some kind of subtweet about, you know, this is why fans are, you know, da, da, da. but, but, uh, yeah, I, the, the, the way that these guys react to all of this and, and like, you know, one of the more kind of enlight enlightening things that you have said repeatedly in in our time recording together is that like yeah these guys do get snippets of the headlines about them and they do really care about that and again it just like the all-star voting it's something that surprised me in the moment but then the more that you think about it they're human like having people talk about you of course people are going to care of course even if you've tried to train yourself not to care you're still on some level going to say like hey man what the hell you know shut up (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like yes and and look anybody that has gotten to where they have gotten in life meaning if you are so good at something that you are in the top whatever one one thousandth of one percent of people at doing one thing on planet earth Mm -hmm. you're gonna there's to have that belief that you can get to that level requires ego yeah. Right. You have to believe in yourself. Oh, I don't care how good you are. You have to believe in yourself when nobody else does. Um, and so there is ego that goes along with that. And any slight is going to bruise your ego. Some guys more than others. And, and as I said, a lot of guys will use it. These slights even imagined or real as motivation. Uh, Kobe was a master at that. Jordan was a master at that. LeBron's great at it, too. So. Yeah, for some guys, it, for some guys, it's just going to be like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I have less votes than that guy. All right, watch what I'm watch what I'm finna do to him. Next time we play, <laughs> right? Okay, uh huh. Right. It's kind of the same as like, okay, all these teams, like, uh, you know, this is for second round picks. Oh, all these teams passed on me. Okay, right. And they're leaving out the fact that their team, whoever drafted them, passed on them in the first round, also. But like, yeah, okay, I'm about to give or all these dudes that were drafted. The five spots ahead of me, if they're still in the league, I'm mm-hmm. giving them buckets. Oh, I don't. I, there are so many players who I think Aaron Rodgers can still recite everybody who was drafted ahead of him. Yes, back when this he was is drafted. A, okay, so this is a tough one for me. I'm a Cal guy, and I'm a Niners fan, and the Niners took Alex <laughs> Smith with the first pick. With you know, Aaron I gotta, I gotta stop right coming up with like less this painful is, examples is, for you. Yeah, Blake Trinan. Yeah, Aaron this is Rogers. this one hurts a little bit and whatever we think of Aaron Rodgers stance on everything issues um he's probably the best player in the NFL and is gonna win the MVP again he's the best quarterback I've ever seen like uh he is the best quarterback ever yes mm-hmm. I agree he's the best football player ever as far as I'm concerned but well like he can't tell. I mean Jerry Rice but like Aaron Rodgers touches the ball every play. that's what's so it's so t- difficult with with football because like they're you know Aaron Rodgers can't kick a field goal it's like like to me, yeah, but is yeah, but is Justin Tucker is Justin well, no, but, Tucker but that, like getting a first well, that's down? What, that, that's is what he, makes is he hitting the a gap and getting a first down. That's why. That's why I think the bet the conversations about like who the best basketball player of all is of all time is LeBron James are so much more interesting to me because LeBron is expected to play both sides of the ball. He can pass. Now he's taught himself to shoot. Super athletic. He can do all of these things, right? And and. Like in bat in uh, baseball, you know, like uh, Barry Bonds is considered, you know, statistically the best baseball player of all time. 
and and, and I well, can't stand him, and he is. Yeah, and and, yeah, and but uh, like everybody was doing stuff. Well, but what like if do, if what were they if doing? Griffey, what were they if doing Griffey was that? on steroids, he would have been better than Barry Bonds. I'm just I saying know that Griffey wasn't on steroids because he got hurt all the time. <laughs> like our Babe Ruth, fine, but like Babe Ruth, they all those dudes were 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 popping amphetamine, and like everybody's been doing stuff. Yeah, but but like either that or Griffey needs a refund on. on I like I like. Yeah. <laughs> I love Griffey. Like I do too. I actually there, do too. there are some players I just stand. Like I am not the the stand kind of guy. Uh, and and it's Damian Jones and it's Ken Griffey Jr. It's it is it is in fact Damian Jones. It is. But, but how did you not include him in any of the trades? How did you not throw Andre Drummond into your uh, your Philly Lakers trade? <laughs> Because we needed Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis reunited. Like, you know, it's the friendship. It's the ties that bond us, Aaron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like, like to get back to what we were talking about, like with, with, with like football, like it's hard for me to say Aaron Rodgers is the best football player of all time because we know he couldn't tackle people the way that like Ed Reed could, you know, and and we know that he couldn't do things in the open field that like, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, like Barry Sanders could do, you know, like uh, it's it's difficult. Like what Derrick Henry does on a football field Oof. nowadays, like what the hell? What? <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, but basketball, we actually can have more realistic conversations about that. So it makes it more fun. Can I end with um, a, a shout out to my 49ers because I, I need a win so badly on Sunday. And I know most of the people listening to this are probably Rams fans, but I need a win so badly. See, I I am act, I have actively rooted against the Vikings for the majority of this year. I hate I hate them. Like you guys you're think loving, you're not loving the Kirk Cousins experience? You guys think I'm hard on the Lakers? The things that I say about the Vikings on a weekend by weekend basis. However, Have I won we, my I won I won like eight hundred bucks on fantasy. Congratulations! I'll take that. Yeah, I'll congratulations! Take that. Quit snitching on yourself. The tax man might be listening. Quit snitching on yourself. <laughs> uh, have we? Have we? Have you? I don't know the answer to this, so you must not have said it on the show. And if hmm. you've said it to me, like offline, I was probably drinking too much and don't remember. <laughs> um, have we? Have you told the people or me why you're a Vikings fan? That seems random. It was a terrible decision. Um, no, I, I don't I don't like to cop to like mistakes on that level. Like that's the you know, but no, I so when I was a kid, um I thought that the Vikings and Lakers were like related. So when I was like five years old, I thought purple and gold, they were like related, cousins kind of thing. And I so mean, that kind of kind of Yeah, I mean they, like, both, they were both Minnesota. Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. So so I um so that like piqued my interest and I was always kind of liked them, always kind of liked them. Like all, all like basically other than the, the Sacramento Kings, any team that wears purple is good in my book. Like I, I just, mm. I think purple is a, is a really cool sports color. It is um, regal in fact. Yeah. Like literally like it symbolized uh, yes. royalty back <laughs> yes, in the, correct. back in the day. Yeah. So, uh, but so I, so that was like kind of where it started and then the Vikings, you know, they, they have the Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper and, and the, the, the 15 and one team that in my yep. opinion would have won the, the Super Bowl had he not missed that kick and lost to the Falcons who lost to the Broncos. But, but yeah, I, like that was the, that was a team that made me fall like head over heels for, for the team. And, and, uh, it's been a just absolute 
brutal series of kicks to the balls ever since. It's just it's it's, not, it's not great. Although it did give us that team. In fact, I believe that team specifically did give us one of the best gifts or gifs uh, for the internet, which is like the picture of Randy Moss on the bench, three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> he's, he's like, I know, I know that you're partial to Jerry Rice, but like Randy, what Randy, what Randy Moss used to do on a football field, like he was a verb. Like you got mossed. He was is, an yeah, actual thing. Yeah. You never nobody ever said you got riced. No. Nobody ever no, that said sounds, that. That 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 sounds like offensive and <laughs> a little bit. Possibly aggressive. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and end this thing now. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode of the hook and this week's episodes of the silver screen and roll podcast feed. Make sure you guys are rating, oh, wait, reviewing, wait, and wait, subscribing. I'm not gonna tell the actual story, but wait. In 09, there was the the All Star Game was in Phoenix. Well, well, let's let's save it. All right, fine. We'll, right. We'll, it'll become okay. the new. It'll be become the new Ruben, Ruben Patterson stud. Yeah. Because okay. I, I was I was getting ready to call him Ruben Stuttered again, and like I. But I'm sorry been... for 2004. Yeah, Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> like um, American Idol's <laughs> finest. Let's uh, let's go ahead and call this thing. You know, we for next week we need investigation as to where, where like is Ruben the Stutter? first. The first handful of winners on American Idol, where are they now? Like Fantasia <laughs> and Ruben, uh, Kelly Clarkson. Actually, we all know about, but yeah, we need we needed we need a deep dive and investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. American Idol was such a weird stretch of our popular history. All right, let's go ahead and, and end this thing. That's going to do it for Aaron Larsoul. I am Anthony Irwin, and this has been the Hook.